Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 175 called Jamie. Hello, everybody. This is Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally. And we are here to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how we can support you on your infertility journey. So we wanted to let you know that Fertility Rally is the membership group that we created. It's the place we wish we had when we were in the thick of it. We offer support groups. We have private Facebook groups. We have tons of events, lots of videos, blog posts, so much content. We're starting to do IRL events as well. And we want to be there for you no matter where you are on your journey. Yeah, our favorite part, we had no idea where this would go when we started it. And our favorite part about it is watching all of our members, which is like 300 plus at this point, connect and create true lifelong friendships. We have members that are meeting up in real life. We have members that are supporting each other on Instagram. We have members that call each other best friends now. And honestly, like that is the most rewarding thing to see. We had no idea it would go here. And so we're just, we're inviting you to join the rally fam. Yeah. It's such a great space. It's a safe space. We also have fun when we can. So we would love for you to be a part of it. Check us out on fertilityrally.com and on Instagram at fertilityrally. Hope to see you guys soon. Today's episode is presented by Belly. Belly offers modern prenatal vitamins optimized for fertility, prenatal, and post-pregnancy health. To learn more about how to optimize your fertility and pregnancy health, check out their vegan-friendly, dairy-free, non-GMO vitamins for both men and women at bellybaby.com. That's spelled B-E-L-I-B-A-B-Y.com. The best part, if you use code Ally 15 you'll get 15% off your first month of either belly women or belly men. Again, that's code Ally 15 A-L-I-1-5 for 15% off. Thanks, belly. Okay, guys, so I want to be totally transparent about this episode today because it is a tough one to listen to. So I wanted to let you guys know before you dive into the episode what's going to happen because I don't want anyone to be caught off guard or triggered or upset by any of this. I'm just going to tell you basically the gist of the episode and then Jamie's going to tell us about her experience in her own words, but this is a COVID story. And Jamie's going to tell us about how after five miscarriages, early miscarriages, she did finally get pregnant with a baby girl, but at 23 weeks gestation in December, 2020, Jamie got COVID and then the baby died in utero. And they found out actually that it, the baby, Emily did have COVID, the placenta and the baby tested positive for COVID as well. So I'm really happy to share this story. And I know Jamie is as well, because I haven't heard this being talked about much at all. So I think it's really important that we get this story out there. But again, protect your heart, do what you have to do. If it's too difficult for you to listen to, I understand. I'm always here for you guys. If you need to reach out and talk about anything, you can always DM me at Infertile AF Stories. I just want to thank Jamie for sharing the story and for coming to me. And I want to thank our mutual friend, May Claire, who referred Jamie to me. I will tell you, Jamie did bring home a baby this past February. So she has a son named Brody and she's going to talk about that as well. But just wanted to give you guys the heads up because I love you guys and I never want to catch anybody off guard. So without further ado, this is Jamie's infertility story.
Jamie. Thank you so much for doing this today. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. We have to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Mayclair, because yes. she's the one that put us in touch. So let's start at the very beginning with you, as I do with most of my guests. Did you always want to have kids? You know what? I didn't in my 20s. I always thought I would just be a great aunt or, you know, just great role model to all my friends' children. And I really didn't think I would have kids or, or had that desire till I got older in life. I, um, it just, it just didn't happen right away for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did that change? Was it when you met your husband and you guys started talking about family building and how did you guys yeah. meet? We did. So I spent a lot of, from when I was 23 on, um, I spent a lot of my life in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from upstate New York and I, decided to get a good change in my life. And I had a good network of friends in Columbus, Ohio, and I moved to Columbus, Ohio in, you know, my late thirties. And that's when I met my husband who had just moved down to Columbus from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we started dating and, you know, we fell in love. We actually met on match.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, we just connected right away. And it was, it was such a, you know, I, I've dated so, so many times and, you know, California was just a whole different dating pool to mm-hmm. dating in Ohio. I, I, you know, when I'm so many, I just kept putting myself out there, putting myself out there. And it was like eight months after I moved here that I finally met my husband. And I just, I knew he was the one. I just knew that he would be someone that I um, wanted to have a family with. And we did talk about having, you know, kids together and um, we knew we were, it, we were older and my husband's seven years older than me. And, um, we knew it would be a challenge, but, um, I never thought it would be the challenge that we did go through. Okay. So yeah. when did you guys start to drive? So we got married in August, 2018, and we started trying right away after that. We just, we were like, we'll just go with the flow and see what happens. So, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really know anything about how everything I know now, I didn't know. I knew about ovulation and everything like that, but I didn't know about like the sticks you pee on and everything that goes, you know. Same, same, Jamie. I didn't, it's crazy. You don't know this. And, you know, I never had a desire to know it. Or know right. You don't know it until you're in it. it. Exactly. So we started off and then I, after a couple months, one of my friends recommended, you know, get the ovulation sticks. And I, I started doing them and I got pregnant in January of 2019 and it ended up, um, being a chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was hard on us, but we were like, well, we got pregnant. So, right. And How did you OB, discover the chemical pregnancy? Was it just the baby wasn't growing or numbers I, weren't going up or did you start to spot or bleed or I started bleeding? I okay. started spotting a bleeding because I didn't know anything about betas or any of that. <laughs> Yeah, same. I really didn't either. Uh huh. So I just thought you took a pregnancy test and then you call your OB office and you go see them at eight weeks. But um, that's not what I learned down the road. (laughs) Right. But um, so I started bleeding and I went in and they're like this. They did you know all the testing and the beta and they said you know this is a chemical pregnancy. But the good news is that you got pregnant. Um, We don't recommend you know anything, but continue to try again. You know, just keep trying. So we're Uh like, okay, we got this. And then we kept trying. We weren't getting you know pregnant. We tried to again. We gave February off and we tried in March and April. And then finally, I called my OB office and like, can we just meet with her to talk discuss it because we are older, Mm -hmm. other options if we need help and how old were you guys? I was. I think I was 40, 
at this uh-huh. time and my husband was 47. Okay. So yeah. we were around that age, um, range somewhere around there. <laughs> the years run together. I know. <laughs> but, right. Um, so she said to us, well, what's give it six. She was giving your ages. I would say, you know, usually I say give it a year, but I'm going to give it six months, but since we're already three months, you know, in from my chemical pregnancy, let's give it to July. And I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. she goes, but in the meantime, we can have your husband take a sperm analysis test when he wants to. So we'll have that ready when we need to discuss in July, if we need to go into whatever direction we need to go in. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So he did take it in June and they can't, the nurse called me and said, oh, you need to go to see because your husband is, has infertility issues. And I was like with his sperm analysis and I'm like, what? Okay. And she didn't just give me any details at all. I was like, okay. So then two weeks, we call, it took a month for us to get an appointment. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how long it takes to get a consultation. And that waiting (laughs) is so hard. So hard, but we continue to start to still try. And I got pregnant in July. So it was really puzzling because I got pregnant and they told me about my husband's sperm analysis. And then I get a call from my OB saying, oh, everything looks fine. I'm like, okay, well, how come the nurse told me this? And then you're telling me everything, you know, looks in the normal ranges. So I just like, we're just going, we were two weeks away from going to see the clinic. And I was like, I'm still going to go even. Yeah. You know, so wait, they had said the sperm, there was an issue. And then they said, wait, no, sorry, there's not. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very confusing. I was like, I was like, I was like, this makes no sense. And Mm -hmm. and then I got pregnant. So I'm like, this makes no sense. Maybe the nurse didn't know what she was talking about. But, um, so we went in to the clinic and I was about five, six weeks pregnant. And, um, they took my beta. It was 115. It was great. Then I went back three days later and it went up to four, I think it was like 485. We were on a great progress. So he's like, let's take you in for an ultrasound. Uh-huh. And the day before my ultrasound, I started spotting. Oh man. And I was like, Oh, I couldn't believe it. I just, I just couldn't that believe this was happening to us sinking again. feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, at least we're in the right hands with the clinic and everything. But it was devastating. It hit me so hard that time versus like the first time. I didn't know really what to expect. And I'm like, and I was told chemicals are can likely happen, but the miscarriage it just hit us really hard. Um, yeah, but I was happy to be in Dr. James' hands. He was great. He's he's the kind of doctor who's very blunt. And his bedside manner isn't always the best, but he will tell you how it is. Mm -hmm. And it took my husband just like loved him from the get go. And I was like, he's like, he's so straight. He's so honest. And I was like, um, I had a hard time learning how to roll with it because it's so emotional (laughs) to go through all this whole process and everything. But, um, so we, I said, what's in, you know, I went through a, a, a miscarriage without any assistance, everything cleared and we went into IUIs and he kept saying, he's like, I hope, you know, you got pregnant with, he's like, you've been pregnant twice. Let's try IUIs. So we went and had our first IUI with Clomid and I had a really bad reaction to Clomid. I was throwing up, um, two days into it and it was, I, I had gone out to dinner with my friends and I just like right after dinner, I was just throwing up in in my car. It was, it was so bad. And I was dizzy and I was like, okay, this is not the right oh. medication probably for me. We right. did go on with the IUI. It's um, so rough. It's so rough. I was like, this is, I guess what it's like. We did the IUI and 
it ended up, um, I did not get pregnant at all through that. So he decided to switch us up into letrozole for the next one. So we went back and did the whole process again. I did not have any reactions to letrozole. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew another two, three follicles and I ended up getting pregnant. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is it. it. (laughs) It's happening. We're here. I mean, I can't like, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go through another miscarriage. Like this, like everyone keeps telling me, you know, you had one, there's no way the odds of having another one is very low. And I'm like, I was believing everything they said to me. And I was like, okay. And then I went for my first beta and it was like 82. And I was like, that's lower. Okay. So I went back and I was like, um, I went for my second beta and it, it doubled. Okay. It was like one in the one sixty range. It was like exactly double. Uh-huh. And then they're like, let's do a third because we want it to be above 500 in order to do an ultrasound. And I went back and I remember I, um, did weddings and events for a living and I was on a tour of a local hotel and I was with two colleagues. I really didn't know that well. And I got the call from my clinic and I was walking through and I heard the voicemail that my beta had dropped. And she's like, the nurse was just not really like nice on the right. Just message. like robotic, and, like you're probably having a miscarriage. Yeah. Like, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yep. This is what it is. Um, we'll repeat it, but it doesn't look good. And I was just like, I, my whole face dropped. Aww. I could barely walk through the hotel. I was like, how I was like, this is the worst place I could be right now finding out this news. And I have to go act like I'm this happy right <laughs> from this other hotel and oh my god around it was it was pure agony for the next hour and i went back to my office and i told my boss i'm like i need to go home i just i'm i just she doesn't she um had known i had gone through she kind of knew a little bit about my journey she's like just go home and it was like the end of the day and so i went yeah. home and i just was devastated i was like how are we going through this again right and again and i was just i just couldn't believe it and my husband, he's always, you know, so optimistic. And then there's me who's like, why me? Why is it Totally. To I was like that too. <laughs> like, this so isn't hard. fair. Why me? Of course. It's so hard. And, you know, we just decided we would take a month off mm-hmm. and regroup. And I, um, it was coming up. That was in November of 2019. So in December, we took off. And then we decided to take off January again. And then I called my clinic in February with my next cycle. And he's like, because his bedside manner isn't the best. He's like, you know, I'm really worried about you. You're getting older. You're getting, you're in your forties, you know, mm-hmm. reoccurring miscarriages is usually due to egg quality. I'm like, why didn't you talk about egg quality with me before? They never brought that up. Never. Whoa. They always brought up, oh, well, you know this could just, you know, you're having miscarriages, you know, you probably, you know, like they just seem optimistic. So I was optimistic. I had no idea. You know, I knew, I knew it decreased. Like I knew it would decrease right. in the 40s. But I, the basics, but you didn't, you weren't like, they weren't treating that. They weren't treating it and they weren't discussing it. And my OB yeah. wasn't just, it's like, I feel like no one discusses these That's things. wild. It's so crazy. I'm like, we're, this would have been a totally different discussion in the fall after the first one. Totally. I think if, and you know, so I was like, can we please just try one more IUI? I like, I, my heart was like, I need to try it, you know, three. Uh-huh. And we tried it again. I, we did vetrosol. I had three follicles. They were, they were going really slow this time. So we kept having to push it, the dates for the IUI for the trigger and 
he's like, this is great. It's slower. This is great. Because I had one dominant and he's like, this is really great. It's different than the last time he was positive about it. We went on with my IUI and it turned out to be another chemical. So, so this is not before. Yes. I was just devastated. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't do this any, I was like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, do we have to go through IVF? And he's like, that's when the first time someone had a conversation with me, like if you went through IVF with your own eggs, it would take many, many cycles based off where I was with my IUIs. And I was like, I just, I wish this information was given to me way long time ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have jumped into IVF like six months earlier, you know, sure. I was like, well, maybe I could have tried then, you know, Yeah, it's like, I really think frustrating. It's so frustrating. And he's like, I really think you need to do donor eggs. And I was like, I was just shocked. I was like, this is the first time this has ever been brought up to us. And it's a lot to grieve the loss of your own eggs and to go through that whole process and everything. And I was like, well, I was already seeing a therapist. I've seen a therapist since um, like over over a year, like since Mm -hmm. like my first time I was seeing her, you know, she specializes in um, infertility, child loss, pregnancy loss, postpartum. And she walked me through it. And one of the important things she said to me was, do you see, can you give up the idea of having a family or do you, or does it, is it just devastating to you to never have a child? Mm -hmm. And I like really looked at that, like, wow, you know, this is still my baby, even though it's not, you know, genetically coming from my egg in my body. It's still right. my baby. I'm still going to grow this baby in my body. I'm still going to go through all those things, you know, with pregnancy yes. that way. So it's in perspective, it right? Really put in perspective with me. And what I loved about our clinic is they had, I'm sure that a lot of other clinics, they had a whole process to get accepted into to doing donor eggs. And they they presented to us the fresh and the frozen options and I just knew um, going with a fresh donor, I just couldn't deal with any more heartache. Like if mm-hmm. anything happened with them, mm-hmm. if they bailed or if they didn't have it, I just knew he explained to us, he's like, if you just, you know, want to have one baby, you know, frozen egg donor is the way to go. And they work with donor egg bank, DB of America. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, he's like, they're, you know, we only work with them. They're fantastic. I was like, okay, this is great. Um, so it looks like we're going to do a frozen egg donor. And we um, had to talk to, I'm not sure what her title was. We had to talk to someone. She was almost like a counselor too about egg donation. And, you know, I thought she would be qualifying us, to see, but she wasn't qualifying us. She was just explaining to us, you know, the process and uh-huh. how to talk to our children when they're older about, you know, egg donation and, you know, how they were conceived and just like the proper ways. And she, she talked about embedding it into their knowledge of, you know, like, you know, when the 4th of July is, but you don't remember when you learned it, that's how you have to embed it in your, your child's memories, you know, the fact that they were donor conceived. She Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So, you know, and she's like, and I know it's hard with, you know, like we talked about the process where like we're using my husband's sperm, but still, but not using my eggs. And we just, she just talked us through the whole process of it. And I felt, we felt so much better after that phone call. It seems like this was right before the pandemic um, mm-hmm. all started. And I was like, wow, this is great. And I was uh, at work. It was like the last week before um, they did huge furloughs and the world started, you know, shutting down a little bit. Like they, um, we have the Arnold Schwarzenegger big, um, like classic here in Columbus, Ohio, I live in Columbus and they 
they had no spectators and people started canceling events, which is like huge for our events, hotel venue. Mm -hmm. People were worried. And I was like, um, we had a meeting and I I was supposed to go get an EKG and a chest scan. (laughs) And I was like, to get part of the process. And I was like, oh, I should probably just stay here in case anything happens. And one of my colleagues was like, just go, go, Jamie. They didn't really know what it was for. Like, go to the doctors. You just, just go take mm-hmm. a break, just get out of here. And I'm still so, so glad I did. Why did <laughs> you need the EKG and the chest scan? They just stayed because I was over 40. They wanted to have that done as part of the process for the egg donor. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, that's fine. I passed it with flying colors, but I'm so glad I went because I, if I hadn't gone, the world shut down and the doctor's office is shut down and mm, <laughs> everything right. shut down. Right. So you're so, able to get that done. <laughs> so I was able to get that done. And I probably want to be able to get that done for like a long time afterwards with the way things right. unfolded. So the, the whole shutdown happened and they furloughed everyone at my job except for five of us. And I was one of the five they kept. So we took the time to really during the shutdown to figure out who we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, what, on were the your, what was on your list of like requirements and like, I'm sure you guys had some deep discussions about this, right? What, what, what did I, you, any, what did you guys decide? I really wanted someone that looked similar characteristics to me and similar, um, like, um, background, like I'm Irish. I wanted her to be Irish and, you know, I wanted her to have blue eyes like me and, you know, just dark brown hair and just be healthy and, you know, like a healthy background as much mm-hmm. as possible, you know, for what they tell you, you know, they sometimes don't tell you everything on those profiles, but we just narrowed it down one day. Mm-hmm. We just did your husband have any specific requirements or requests? He just wanted me to be happy. He just, like, he just, we just went through it and it was a joint decision and we, you know, kept eliminating and eliminating it and going through the process and, you know, just eliminating each one. And we were down to like two or three. And then he's like, just pick which one, you know, gravitates to you. And I also was looking at how many eggs they had too. Like if they had five, I didn't lean towards them because I knew, you know, better chances with more. And right. we picked, we picked someone that had seven frozen eggs and I, she, she just looked like a younger version of me. Mm-hmm. And I liked what she said. I liked her, you know, family, you know, health back, you know, background. And she also, um, the Genex blood panel, she had nothing. So we didn't have to do that for my husband. Uh, so I, so I was like, this is great. We can just approve her through our clinic instantly approved her. And we got on the calendar, they opened up in May and we got on the calendar for June. And I went through, I got, had a pulp removed, which they think was, um, part of my chemical from, but they also was egg quality too okay. from in, uh, February. And then I was all set How to How did go. they find the polyp? They, they, um, my OB had checked me out and she found the polyp. Gotcha. So she removed it and that was, that's always a lovely procedure. <laughs> so uh-huh. she timed it off. And then we, they did, um, in June, we got on the calendar. They do it once a month, um, for, at once a month, they do our clinic, doesn't do it all the time. The embryologist has one set week that they do like the egg thaws, the fertilization and everything. And they also do the egg retrievals then too. So you have to get on the calendar okay. for that. So I got on for June and they finally got us through the end of the week. I remember it was on a Thursday. So my husband went and, you know, dropped off the sample and we had seven eggs and mm-hmm. they all thawed. Mm-hmm. And six fertilized. I was oh, wow. like, this is fantastic. I'm like, yeah. So you guys feeling pretty good about this so far. We're like finally getting somewhere. I'm like, this is yes. great. And I had no idea 
about IVF attrition rate or any of this yeah. because I've never gone through it. And I'm like, this is great. So we waited till day five and I got a call from the embryologist that we had five embryos. I was like, what? I'm like, this is amazing. I was like, we have five embryos. I'm like, this is great. And we, we chose to do PGT testing just due to like everything we've gone through. And, you know, with, you know, like also because it takes the sperm and the egg, you know? Mm-hmm. So we um, did PGT testing and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We'll at least have half, like at least two to three embryos um, come back normal. We waited a couple of weeks. My cycle started. They started me on birth control for like to go through with the transfer. They're like, we can start you now because we know you have a good amount of embryos. We know you'll get some normals back. I got the call. I remember exactly where I was in my office. I was about to go on a wedding tour and my IVF nurse called me and she's like, you only have one normal. I was like, how did that happen? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the toner eggs. Because mm-hmm. no one talks about this. You think donor eggs are just like a uh, sure fit. Oh, they'll all be. Sure. But no, they can make abnormal eggs too. And, you know, it takes both parties to, you know, uh, uh, you know, it affects some embry- embryo. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm like one. And, and she's like, you want to know the gender? And it was, a, she goes, I go, yeah, it, it was a, she goes, it's a girl. And I was like, okay. oh my gosh, I always wanted a girl. Yeah. And I was like, well, we have one. And I was like, my heart sank because I was like, we only have one. And I knew right. it took sometimes multiple transfers mm-hmm. to get pregnant. I was like, oh, and am I just, I just was like, I got to lift my spirits up. We have one. We got to concentrate on this one. So okay. I went through with the transfer in July, July 16th, 2020 is when my transfer was. And okay. because of um, the pandemic, my husband couldn't go in with me. So he was sitting in the car and that was disheartening because it was such a huge step for us that we're finally going through with this. And I really wanted him to be there. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, were you able to FaceTime or anything like that? No, nothing. They wouldn't, yeah. They just had a picture of the embryo that I could t- take out with us. And I kept having to pee because, you know, you have to fill up your bladder. And I was like, I had, they kept making me empty it. And finally, they're like, this is perfect. Um, you know, they they got, you know, they transferred the, the, our girl embryo inside me. And I went home and I had taken the, a couple of days off and I just rested and watched funny movies and mm-hmm. ate good food. Yeah. <laughs> I Googled to eat because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Did, had walks. You, let me ask you this. Had you connected with anybody like on Instagram or like any on Facebook or any groups or anything like that? Or just McClare. I had just known McClare. I met okay. McClare like I think in June and she was a huge support. She was going through her own IVF at that time okay. too. And she, I, she knew I was going through this and a couple of my friends. Like I really, we really didn't tell a lot of people okay. about this because I've been through so much. I just really didn't disclose a couple of my um, very close friends knew and um, my husband's family and, and my mom knew. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell my dad at all. Um, uh-huh. Cause he, 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 like when I was, you know, going through the miscarriages you know, how my dad said, you have two choices. You can either continue to go this and be an older parent, or you can, go travel the world. I'm like, why can't I travel the world with the kid? <laughs> yes. Just like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye. That's tough. No, you, yeah. it was tough. And I was like, I didn't feel the support there, but I did feel with my mom and you know, my, mm-hmm. my friends. So we went through and I went through the, um, the lovely two week wait. And I was so nervous. I never tested. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'm pregnant until I know I'm not. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, I could not pee on a stick. I was like, I can't do it. I'm already traumatized by those sticks as it is. I just can't do it. So we went and I got to my blood draw and I didn't know how they were going to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. I did. They just never told me. I don't know. Like they always, um, they have a text system through a portal. Mm-hmm. They called me. They occasionally emailed me. I didn't know. So I'm like here waiting. I, my phone's always on silent. I'm like waiting. It's on loud. I'm staring at it for hours. Right. You're like, you're going to call me. You're going to text me. Do I have to check the portal? Like I'm needles. like, what is going on? Finally, I get so an email tough. from a nurse I never talked to. I was like, apparently my IVF nurse was on vacation. She's like, congratulations. You're pregnant. Your beta is 113. This is pr- this is fantastic. And I was like screaming. I was so excited. Mm, um, Chris such was a working. good feeling remote. So he was there and we were so excited. And, but then I got nervous about the, the next beta. Cause I've been through the beta process before. And I went back and, um, the two days later and it like, it was almost 400, I think it was like 383. So it almost, she it basically almost tripled. Amazing. So, the, so they're like, this is great. We're going to have you come in for an ultrasound next week. So I went in for an ultrasound and my husband could not come with me because they still were not letting husbands in um, mm-hmm. or spouses or anyone in just, just <laughs> I, the patient got to go in and I um, went in there and we, he's like, what was your beta? He couldn't find the sack. <laughs> he was like, you know, pressing. He's like, I don't see anything. What was your betas again? Because his bedside manner is of course bad. And my heart started like, like stopped. Um, I swear my heart almost stopped beating myself, but, um, and then he pushed on my belly and all of a sudden we saw this act. I was like, Oh wow. Oh. I was like, he, I don't know. It just must've been the positioning of where the embryo implant, <laughs> but I was like, there it is. I'm like, can I have a picture? And then he kept looking. He's like, let me look, let me, I'm just like, he was just giving me that nervousness. My, my, doctor again but you know I celebrated the moment and he's like we're gonna come back in two weeks and hopefully we hear a heartbeat and I was like that's the words I don't want to hear hopefully I'm hopefully like, yes. oh like, my gosh again like, waiting waiting oh, waiting so yeah. waiting 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 but I had help you know doing those lovely shots and everything I I was feeling you know I did feel um a lot of nausea and morning sickness and night sickness with being pregnant with my daughter and like I felt you know I felt it those weeks Mm -hmm. so I know when we went to the heartbeat test I was so nervous Mm -hmm. so nervous I went in there and he saw her right away and her heartbeat was like at 146 which is amazing I was like this is amazing he's like this is great. He's like, you know, she's growing, you know, it's great. Let's see you back at nine weeks. And then I'll dismiss you to go to your OB. Mm -hmm. So I went back two weeks later and her heartbeat was like up in the one sixties. She had grown, she was growing perfectly like right to the day. And I got dismissed from my clinic, thought I would never have to walk back in there. And I was like, adios. Best graduation ever. (laughs) You're like, see ya. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on to my OB office at 11 weeks, saw her. She was so excited for us. And my husband got to go in for any time that we had ultrasounds. So he got to finally um, see our daughter and we had a great ultrasound. And then um, I went back at 16 weeks and I just had a Doppler visit and I had some bleeding and I didn't know what was going on. And I was really nervous for my past. And um, they kept saying, well, if it goes away, you'll be okay. I went into, one time it happened on a Saturday. I went into the um, ER because I couldn't go into L&D yet because I was in 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the ba- they did an ultrasound. The baby was fine. They're like, we don't know what it is. It's just, 
just happens. Like, they're like, it just happens. And I'm like, well, what is this? So I went, um, it happened again, like the next week and I went into my OB office and I had a huge pulp inside the size of a female thumb that they think my IVF meds just made it just get like huge. Yeah. So, um, my, um, OB took it out and I had a lot of bleeding. It was really traumatic to go through that, but she kept doing ultrasounds for me, um, like a week later and stuff to make sure that the baby was okay. Cause the baby was absolutely fine. It was just, you know, it was a pulp that they, they were able to remove. Mm-hmm. So we went on to my 20 week ultrasound and, um, it was, she was perfect, perfect little baby girl and everything's going great. And my husband got to be there and I was so excited because I finally was like, now I can start buying clothes. And yes. I, I was like, I got to this milestone. I'm going to announce it was really important to me to announce on social media. I was like, mm-hmm. I really want to finally be like, I, it was like a huge step. My husband didn't want to do it. And I was like, no, I really want to do this. So he's like, why don't he's like, we decided to do it on Thanksgiving. And so, um, I started buying stuff and should I, this was when it started, COVID started getting bad again. Okay. And my OB was like, I was like, I'm worried I might get furloughed. You know, some people come back. I don't know. She's like, I'm good with you staying home. And my husband like, if you want to quit your job, you can. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, we still have to pay for everything. You know, like, like it's not cheap. None of this is cheap. <laughs> you know, it's like so expensive. And I was like, right. no, I, I just felt like I needed to still work because my plan was always to stay home once I had the baby. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it was always the plan. Had a lot of people in your, you know, friend group or family gotten COVID or like what was, had you guys had it at all? Or? No one had it that I okay. knew. Mm-hmm. No one. I had not touched anyone I know yet. Okay. Um, what about the vaccine? Was that available or did you no. get it? Or? It was not available yet because okay. um, this was still, this was like November, 2020 before the vaccine came out. Okay. And so it wasn't available. And I was like, you know, I'm still going to work. It's, you know, I'm not around these weddings. I'm in a close quarter at work. I barely leave my house. I'm like, we're doing everything we can. I'm still working. So on Thanksgiving, I announced my pregnancy mm-hmm. on social media and we got a huge outburst like of support, yes. love, everything. It was like the best day. And I was so excited. And we, you know, we had Thanksgiving just, you know, us because, you know, we weren't seeing anyone, you know, we were being so safe. And I went back, I had to work that weekend. So I did tours. I was doing tours with two masks on my face, staying away from people, uh-huh. like barely, like I was trying to do everything I could. Um, and I, the next week after Thanksgiving, I started having a runny nose mm-hmm. and I was like, what is this? I felt mm-hmm. fine. And then my husband was fine. I was like, what is this? And then two days later, I lost my smell Oh God! and my taste. And I was like, oh my gosh, do I have COVID? But I felt fine. I didn't feel, I just had a runny nose. I went into work on a Saturday and I just felt really tired. I'm like, oh, this kind of like, it kind of mimicked pregnancy symptoms. I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on? I don't, I don't. So I went mm-hmm. to bed. I slept okay. till I slept a lot. I didn't have an appetite. So I was just making myself eat. Like I had some, you know, my husband was making me food. The next day I woke up, I felt completely fine. Completely, okay. completely fine. Yeah. And then so you, Monday, did you, you didn't feel like testing or just felt like, no, I was it like, didn't seem like COVID. I didn't seem like COVID. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, I did lose my taste and smell, but I was like, Oh, it could be the flu or 
pregnancy rhinitis, you know, like, because I right. just get stuffed up. I'm like, I feel like there were so exhausted. many different <laughs> versions of it going around. Nobody really knew what was going on. No and, you know, I get it. Yeah. And then everyone kept telling me, oh, if you get pre- COVID pregnant, you know, I've heard people are fine. Babies are fine. Babies are fine. And I'm like, okay. So by Monday, I felt absolutely fine. I was off work. On Tuesday, I went to work and she st- my daughter stopped kick- kicking as much. She started slowing down and I was mm-hmm. like, it just felt off. I, my husband was making dinner and I started spotting and oh it was, so I went into L and D and they found it was remnants of the pulp. They're like, your baby's great. Your baby looks great. I, you know, and she started kicking a little bit more okay. um, once I was in there and they're like, your placenta looks great. Your baby looks great. Everything looks great. It's just, it's just, you might have this throughout your entire pregnancy because of the pulp. And I was like, so like, cause they couldn't scrape all of it off because I yeah. was pregnant. I was like, okay, that makes sense. The next, I went home, she was kicking. The next day I woke up, she, there was no movement. And I, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, she'll move throughout the day. I felt her at lunch kick me one last time. I oh. felt it like she kicked me hard <laughs> and then. Sorry, I started crying about this, but I was like, oh, no. she must be fine. And so Do not I apologize. Her. I'm like getting okay. all teary too. <laughs> yeah. I called my OB office. I was like, she's not moving as much. Like, go back to L&D. I decided, because I had this huge VIP tour um, to stay for my tour. And I was like, oh, I because I was so dedicated to my job. I was like, it was crazy. I don't know why, but um, I no, was just it's so not crazy. I think I women, did. you know, we're pulled in a million different directions. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do this tour. I did the tour that I'm going on. I went into my, um, my boss's, I was like, I need to go to L&D. She's not kicking as much. I just need to go. She's like, go. And I, I had taken the next day off because I just was overwhelmed with like brides and like they were closing things down again. I was just like, I can't, it was really stressful. Um, dealing with, um, what weddings in general, um, yeah. during a pandemic as it right. is being pregnant. And I was like, well, I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to L&D. You know, I went there and they found her heartbeat. It was absolutely normal. They're like, she's, it's a normal heartbeat. It's, oh it was like okay. 160. It was in the 160 range. Like, like she's not moving. They did an ultrasound. They saw her curled up in a ball. Uh-huh. They're like, maybe she's sleeping. They, uh, this is the things that they were saying to me. Maybe she's sleeping. And my OB was on call. So she was at the, um, I think she was at the hospital. Um, and she, um, said, okay, give her something to eat. They gave me crackers and some yeah. orange juice. They have her lay for an hour. And if she's still in that movie, they're going to do that buzzer, that okay. little buzzer thing. And I forgot yeah. what it's called. I don't and, either, but to try to kind of wake up the baby. Yes. Right? And I was like, okay. So I um, was lying there and I just knew something was wrong. Yeah. I just was eating and she wasn't moving and she wasn't moving. Oh God. And Re- freaking out freaking out and then they came in with the ultrasound and my husband was on his way he, he walked in at that point and I was like I need to pee and I went down the hallway I went to the bathroom and I just knew I just knew something was wrong and it was hard because I heard um them in another this one other woman and um like because you know how like Ellie they have all those little rooms like mm-hmm. and I heard their baby's heartbeat and I was like oh my god what if I don't hear my baby's heartbeat so I walked back and they put, um, they, they, they did the um, ultrasound again and there was no heartbeat. 
Oh so it went like from like normal to nothing in an hour. I was like, mm-hmm. like this is just a tragedy. Tragedy. Like we don't know what happened. This is a very rare circumstance. We don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was just in shock. Like oh the way they God, told me, Jamie. and I was like, this is awful. I'm like, and then my OB comes in, and she's like, oh my gosh, and she just was like, she's like, I don't know what happened. She goes, this was not the pulp this, you know, this is just a rare occurrence. Like this is awful. Like, you know, she's, they're going to give you your options. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, I want to deliver her. She like deserves to be delivered. You know, I'm going to deliver this baby. So they make you take a COVID test to deliver and, um, to get admitted into the hospital. And my COVID test came back positive Uh and I was shocked. I was shocked, but not shocked because I had been sick. And I was like, was it COVID? And did the COVID do this? And my OB is like, there's no way COVID did this. There's no way. Uh-huh. She goes, you were barely sick. There's no way COVID did this. We don't know. We'll do testing. We'll find out the answers. You know, there's no way. So I um, I got admitted um, because I had COVID. My platelets were off. So I couldn't have an epidural. And it was the longest 24 hours. Um, they had to put a balloon in me. Um, oh, gosh. Um, they, I finally got to deliver her when I was like eight centimeters. So she was only like a little over a pound. Um, my water broke. Um, mm-hmm. and then I delivered her, but she was breached. So they couldn't, um, get her out right away. It was just the whole, oh I, I just remember the whole thing. Like the room was dark. We couldn't leave the room. People were coming in in weird outfits because of COVID. And right. Was your I husband had, be able to be there with you? Even though yes. you were COVID positive, did he have to wear like a hazmat suit or something or like he didn't they treated him like he had covid okay so they treated us both and we couldn't leave the small i just remember it being so dark and dreary like and it was just awful i just you know i kept going in and out of sleep and then i i finally the doctor on call came in and they helped deliver her and they're like we're gonna wash her up and when you're ready to see her you can see her and i was like i just need to sleep i didn't know that my ob had asked for my daughter and my placenta to be COVID tested after delivery, okay. which I'm glad she was an advocate for. Yes. Um, they did tell me that they did that after um, some time. And they're like, do you want to know the results? And I'm like, no, because if, if she's positive, I'll hate myself. Oh. And, and so they didn't tell us and we got to hold her and it was awful. It was like, I just kept apologizing to her. Like she was like this perfect little one pound baby. And she was dressed in like this little pink outfit. It was just, it was awful. It was like the darkest day of my life. And I'm so sorry. They took pictures and we did everything we could. They baptized her and did everything that we could do for her. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was just so, I'm claustrophobic. And I just remember the next day it just hit me. I was like, I need to get out of this small room. And I remember like he just like at her on this table and I had to like they're wheeling you off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just like she should be going home with me. She's still eating me. And like she's just lying on this table. And it was, it was awful. And mm-hmm. we went home and I was like in such raw shock. It was yeah. awful. Raw shock. I was like, how did this happen? And I just kept thinking, was it this I ate? Was it this I did? Was it? I just kept overanalyzing and I took a shower and I was like screaming in the shower. And like my husband was like, we got so close during this. And it was just awful. And 
we had such a good support system and, you know, I had announced two weeks earlier. So I had taken down the post. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not going to say anything. You know, I wrote a little Instagram post, you know, just saying that we had lost her and I didn't post it on Facebook. I just posted it on Instagram. And um, we had an outreach of support from like my old jobs, like my husband's job, like friends, my, one of my best friends mm-hmm. did like a meal, um, train for us so each mm-hmm. day and I kept getting you know remembrance presents and I just was in this raw shock pain that this would that this happened and then I instantly was like I need to try again because I was like I didn't even grieve yet and I was just like we need to try again my my um so I had reached out to my clinic that I thought I said goodbye to and I got a virtual meeting with him. And he, the thing about him is um, my OB had called Dr. Jane who, from my clinic and he had texted us while we were still in the hospital that he was so sorry for us. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll be a different, you know, he was checking in on us. And I think he he knew the reason of our loss. And I had gone before our appointment with him, like we had a virtual Zoom. I'd gone in for like a follow-up postpartum checkup with my OB. And she's like, I was like, is it this? Is it this? And she goes, Jamie, do you really want to know the reason? And I was like, yes. She goes, it was COVID. Your daughter and your placenta tested positive for COVID. And I was like, what? And this was before a vaccine was out. This is before even people knew what COVID did mm-hmm. to placenta. It's like, no. And she's like, you're our first patient that, that, that like we've never seen this. And she goes, I reached out to the hospital and they're saying they see this weekly where mm-hmm. people test positive for COVID and then they're losing their their babies either early or as a stillborn, like my daughter, daughter is a stillborn at 20, right. she was 23 weeks gestation. And she goes, they're seeing this, you know, later in pregnancies too. She goes, I wasn't aware of this. And she goes, both your daughter and your placenta tested positive and your placenta um, showed the virus and had a blood clot that the virus created. And that's the reason why my daughter passed. I'm so I, sorry, Jamie. It was awful. Like I went from like this raw shock to like this hatred for myself because I was like, oh, can I catch this? You know, like, well, everyone was catching it at that point. That's when everyone started getting it in like December. And then they started saying they were coming out with a vaccine. I was like, oh my God, I was so close to this vaccine being out. And then I lost her before this was out. And I went through like, had to pick my soul off the ground. And I was like, how am I going to go? Like, I just, it was awful. I had to go right back to work, you know, because they don't give enough time off for, for women when they lose a baby. They do when you have a baby. Yeah. They don't when you lose a baby. I got three bereavement days and then I had to take oh two vacation. Vacation days. That's not vacation. Oh I was like, God. this is awful. So I went back to work way too early, way too early. I locked myself in the office all the time. I totally alienated myself from everyone I worked with. I just didn't know how to grieve. And then I had to go on these wedding tours and oh, be positive like and then, celebrate people's like next chapter. Mm-hmm. And oh, that must While have been I was at so like hard. the lowest I could ever be. Absolutely. Like, it was awful. And I was like, well, I didn't know how to pick myself up. And I had all these friends, you know, reaching out to me and such a huge support system, but I didn't know how to physically pick myself up. I didn't know how to do it. And um, we had the consultation again with um, Dr. Jane at RDI. And he's like, he's like, he, he, he had known how we lost her because I think my OB told uh, um, him and he's like, yeah. you know, this is really unfortunate. You should still be pregnant. 
course he says things like that. I was like, that makes it feel worse. He's like, we just need to go through this process again because, you know, you only had one normal at that round, you know, he's like, well, you just got to pick another donor and go through it. He's like, you need two period cycles. And I'm like, oh, I need more than two period cycles after this. It's like, it's weird how they say different things. You know, if you have a live birth, it's six months and then a year for a season. I'm like, two period cycles after right. I still had a baby. I'm like, I need more time than that. I need yes. to get my body back, you know? And I, I, so I t- went and tested for the antibodies and I had them for COVID and mm-hmm. I was like, that's good. But because I had them, I couldn't get the vaccine till like the end of March. Um, but that's when my age group was starting to get available anyway. So I started acupuncture for my soul, for my, my well-being. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, how did you and your it? husband get, you know, start this grieving <sighs> process? And, you know, I always like to ask how this affected your relationship. You said that the COVID had brought you guys closer together. Did it, it brought us continue? closer together? It yeah. really continued. And we really knew, even though I was seeing everyone, I was pregnant at the same time with have their babies. And it was just so hard. And he's like, our time will come, our time will come. And I found out my close part, cousin was pregnant. And I was like, it just was so hard. Not like I wasn't happy for people. I'm so happy for them. It was just so hard because we wanted that so much. Of course. I've said this so many times, but it's possible to be happy for other people and so sad for yourself at the same time. Exactly. And we had to bury our daughter. Like it was devastating. Four days before Christmas, we buried our daughter. Christmas will never be the same. Did you name her? Emily is her name. Emily. Emily Elizabeth. Emily was my grandmother. And Elizabeth was my husband's grandmother. And I was actually supposed to be named Elizabeth, but my cousin Elizabeth was um, born three months prior to uh-huh. I was. So, you know, she um, was buried right next in my husband's family plot in Cleveland. And uh-huh. we got um, this past year, they redid the gravestone and her name's on it with special um, star for like stillborn and everything like that. But oh, um, wow. it's just, it was so hard. And then, you know, when um, I just felt, that I had to go through the grieving points of all those milestones of like the pregnancy and before I could do a transfer again, Mm -hmm. I was like, we decided, you know, we're just going to take this slow. And I got into acupuncture. We were both going to therapy. We, I was doing, you know, everything I could to like physically heal. I was like, I don't know, mentally how you know, if you ever really, um, I don't think you ever get over over something like that. You don't. And we picked a new donor. I really liked her. She, um, she had two kids of her own. She looked, you know, she, a lot of similar characteristics as me. We picked her in March and I was like, this is, this is great. We'll have an April, you know, like they do it once a month. And I was like, this is great. I started acupuncture. Um, April 8th is when I was due with Emily. And we, um, it was the same week as the the thaw and everything. I was like, maybe it's a sign, you know, it's the mm-hmm. same week. And we planned on going visiting her gravestone and everything on, on the day I was due. And my second COVID vaccine shot was on her due date that we went. I was like, which was stung me so much that I was getting a COVID shot versus having a baby, Oh my God. you know, yeah. to losing them to COVID. It was just like, everything was just a reminder and people were like, oh, this is getting, you know, the world's getting better again, where I just didn't feel better. I was like, this like, mm-hmm. I just, I was a different person. I was never going to be. You must've had again. so much anger too, just towards mm-hmm. COVID in general. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, tell me about mm-hmm. that. Oh, I was so angry. I'm so angry. I hate COVID so much. And when I hear about people getting COVID, I just like, it just triggers me. Anytime anyone says the C word, it triggers me. Yeah. Or I hear about someone 
like, you know, it's so hard. You know, I, I reached out until I got really involved in the lost community with like stillborn Facebook group. And I was mm-hmm. seeing other women go through it. Yeah. Other women go through it and other women go through it. And I was like, I'm not alone, but this is just the worst club to be in. Yeah. And it was awful. And then I'd see hair of women being fine having it. I was like, how was I not fine? And I'm really happy for them that they didn't have to go through my type of loss. I wouldn't wish my loss on anyone. But I was like, how are they fine? And I wasn't fine. How is their baby? Okay. And my baby wasn't okay. I just didn't find it. You know, like when you go through loss, it's like, it was, it's just, it's still hard. And we just, so we went through in April, we got the new donor eggs to our clinic and we went through the fertile, you know, fertilization and they didn't, the next day they usually get like an email, like first thing in the morning to like a little report, like we did the first time. So I was basing this off everything from the first time and they never got it. I was like, what is going on? Finally at like 1 PM, the embryologist calls me. I was like, well, this can't be good. He's like, Jamie, I've never seen this happen with DEB, but we only had out of seven eggs. She had seven. We only had two survive the flaw. I was like, what? Oh my God. Two. And I knew attrition rates by then. I was mm-hmm. like, it's finally really, because I started studying it, like, because I'm mm-hmm. the crazy person during all this. So I was like locked in my office, you know, like analyzing all this. And I was like, that's awful. He's like, but they both fertilize. Let's just see how they grow because they have a one blast guarantee. And I instantly reached out to DB and they're like, we well, just have to go through the process. They just weren't really sympathetic. They were just like, I'm like, this is a bad thought for how much we pay. I didn't, you know, the attrition rate and what you preach on your websites. I just was like, I was like, had it. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. It was like, I was taking off the anger from like losing my daughter out on this cycle to DEB. I was so angry. And so yeah. we, that week, my husband's like, just be optimistic. We'll get, you know, we got five last time. Maybe we'll have two embryos, and, you know, send them to testing. Maybe they'll both be normal. Let's just keep going forward. So we went and we had to go, we went to Cleveland and we visited the gravestone on, you know, April 8th. And it was just so hard. It was just devastating. Yeah. And then it's just, it was, it was just like one of the hardest days. And, um, and then two days later, I get a call later in the day not how they called me earlier because I keep comparing it to last time. And it was from my doctor and he's like, I'm so sorry. None of the, um, none of them made, it's made even six day blast. I was like, Oh my gosh. He's like, he's like, I don't Jamie. know how you were like going through your days at this point. It's just like bad news after bad news after I just bad kept news. leaving work. I was like, they probably think they just, they just never, yeah. they just let me be. And they're like, right. I'm still doing my job and making my numbers. I just like literally, and he, he's like, but the good thing, he's like, I'd rather have this than send one to PG testing and have it, you spend, you know, $5,000 on PG testing and have it come back. He's like, and then you have to, you know, he's like, this is a free replacement line. They owe you mm-hmm. a free replacement line. He's like, let's mm-hmm. look at it this way. And I was like, okay. He really popped me up and I was like, oh, it just sent me back another month. I was like, I just was mentally ready, you know, starting to get ready for a May transfer and, um, it set us back and I was like, okay, we had to find another donor. So with DEB, they instantly approved it. And my little rep called me. She's like, well, I guess you got what you wanted. I'm like, what do you mean what I wanted? <laughs> I just couldn't believe the customers are like, I love them. Wow. Like, wow. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, you have one blast guarantee. You didn't give it to us. Um, we get a replacement much. She's like, well, we're going to make sure you get the best donor 
So go on there. It has to be proven. It has to be this. And I was like, so I went through all the steps and we picked someone who I, you know, we just went through eliminated one night. We just, that very night, we just eliminated, eliminated until we found this one girl. She had eight eggs. She looked like me as a child, not as an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. She like had everything else that was great. And we chose her and it got approved through DB and they shipped it out. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is it. I was like, I just was like, I just didn't feel it. I was just like this. I don't know where it's going to go. I was like, I was so like, I, my soul had been through too much and I was continuing acupuncture. I was just going through the steps of life. I just, I remember going on a walk with my best friend going, I feel like I'm an alternate reality where I'm living a life that wasn't supposed to be. Yes. Such a good way to put it. I just couldn't, I just didn't, I just was in a bubble and I, you know, was losing some friendships that like couldn't understand my loss. I was like, it was just, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like, you really figure out who your real friends are. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, curious to see too, um, just quickly, like some of the women that you did connect with that had been uh-huh. through losing their babies yes. due to COVID in utero. What were some of their thoughts? Like what were some of the things that you guys talked about? We talked about how unfair it was and how much yeah. we hated COVID. Yeah. And I'm really good friends with one, um, that we've connected. Um, we connected through that Silver group. We can, we started, you know, messaging each other through private message through Facebook. And then now we text each other almost, you know, every week I talked to her a couple times and she's pregnant now. Um, and I'm so happy for her. Um, you know, it's just a different, it's like, we get it. And so like she, mm-hmm. we just get each other on a deeper level of right. like the, how hard it is to go through pregnancy after that. And, right. you know, I just, I guess for some of the, like the closest people I've met are through these support systems or through like, um, you know, through law sports or through like, you know, I met McClare, like, you know, some of these people that you don't even met in person are just like your rocks compared to yes. people that, you know, in person who you thought were your, your yeah. friends and then they don't understand. And right. I'm like, I guess and people go through your life as seasons sometimes. <laughs> had everybody who had lost a baby due to COVID had the same testing, like the placenta was tested and not everyone, were there any other ways that they would know? Lot, and the reason I ask is just because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some amb- ambiguity out there too, for people yes. who, you know, miscarried when they were COVID positive, but it was never fully yeah. solved. Like, did you run into any people like that? Yes. There's a lot on those boards where they don't know if it was mm-hmm. COVID. Whenever mm-hmm. I see COVID, I'm like, it was, it was COVID. Yeah, I'm like I was like it was COVID. You had COVID. I'm like, or someone will tell me they had a placenta abruption because that's what COVID does too. Uh, Where they'll have COVID, they'll recover, and then they'll have a placenta abruption closer to like their delivery date. I'm like, did you have COVID? And they're like, I did two months ago. I'm like, well, that was that. It was like because COVID can live in your placenta for a long time, and they don't talk about this. OB offices don't talk about this. The news doesn't talk about this. They just preach the vaccine, which is great. I'm very pro-vaccine, but I don't think there's enough knowledge out there about the effects of COVID and pregnancy. It's almost like they don't really want to talk about the truth and scare people. Not Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to scare someone, but it's like, you need to know what can happen to your placenta, like it, it attacks the placenta, COVID attacks placentas. And every mm-hmm. single loss I saw in there, they, it was blood clots. And, you know, a lot of women are like, I should have been on baby aspirin, blaming themselves. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I was on baby aspirin and I still lost my daughter, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's, there is no, you know, tell all. And now we're seeing people that are fully vaccinated, lose their babies still to COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
It's frightening. It yeah. was frightening. So what it's do we just, do? Have you learned anything? Is there anything that people can do? I really don't know what yeah. they can do, but I was in touch with a reporter from um, ProRepublica. She was going to interview me, but I just couldn't go through the process yeah. of um, really opening my home and um, everything where I am now up to it. So, but I did tell her about my story and she said that there's a doctor that she spoke to that she's doing this article about the COVID effects of pregnancy and bringing awareness to it, who can look up at a placenta and know it was a COVID loss. I was like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. She's like, they really, I think it's still so new. They really don't know what to do Mm -hmm. to help women with it, just to, you know, get vaccinated and do everything you can and that you can to protect yourself and your baby while you're pregnant. So it's just so awful. It's an awful virus. It's an awful invisible virus that I hate so much. I'm so sorry, Jamie. Oh, But we did have that next donor that we went on and we um, went through the whole process again and we got three embryos that we sent out to PG testing. And mm-hmm. once again, we got one normal. I don't know. It must be my thing. And I just knew before they told me the gender, I'm like, it's going to be a boy. And she's like, it's a boy. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, it was just so different. You know, I was like, and not like I, you know, boy, girl, I was just so happy to have another embryo and another chance, but I was just yes. still so grieving my daughter's loss. And like, right. And ter- were you terrified that you were going to get it again? I mean, I know you had the antibodies, yes. but like, so yeah, I was vaccinated again and mm-hmm. yeah, even vaccinated, double vax boosted, mm-hmm. you know, I got it double vaxxed and boosted, you know, sort mm-hmm. of my whole family. So yeah, yeah I was like, terrified. So I went through the COVID. transfer. I know I went through the transfer in June, June 10th was my day, exactly six months of the day that I delivered my daughter was when I had my transfer of my son. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I just, I was like, it must be a sign, you know, that she's encouraging us along and you know, as hard as it was, I was just like, I got to put my heart and soul into this, you know, transfer. And I didn't know again, how to expect my beta results. And I, um, got it through LabCorp because LabCorp had done my antibodies test from COVID. Mm -hmm. So I got, um, an email from them with my beta results before my clinic contacted me four hours later. So I knew. I had a 173 beta. I was oh like my God. through the roof. I started bawling because I was just like, I didn't know two transfers could work. Because <laughs> right. you see people go through it. So everyone goes through different experiences. And I was like, is this really going to work? We have one normal again. And I got a, my beta was 173. Uh-huh. I did not go to work. I took the two weeks off. I was like, I, I worked remote, which is unheard of with the hospitality industry during a pandemic. And, um, I went to my um, second beta and it was 404. So I was like, okay, I had to go to work. And I was so nervous that I was going to go in there. So I was like, I just kept my distance, didn't do any tours. Like I literally, I just was, you know, so people understanding at your job after everything you'd been through. They didn't know I had the transfer. So they didn't know. They just thought I was just being my weird self. so much. And I, um, kept away and I went, um, later that week I had my ultrasound with Dr. Jane and we saw this. I was so worried because I didn't see the sack with my daughter. He saw it right away. He's like, this is great. This is all you can see at this point. And I was like, Chris, I'm going to go in and quit my job. Yeah. So I went in there and I was like, I told them they, they, they knew my whole, they, 
they didn't, they knew my loss, but they didn't know why I went in there and I told my GM and my boss and I was like, please wear a mask. And I was across the room and I was like, I'm pregnant. And they were so excited. And then I told them about how I lost my daughter and I'm like, I can't be here. And they, they got it. They were so understanding. And they're like, my boss is like, how about we make you remote and we try to keep you on as long as we can. He's like, are you planning on coming back? I'm like, no. He's like, how about we just, you know, take this as long as we can. We'll do the tours. You work from home, you sell, you do the contracts and um, you'll train your replacement. And he talked to the corporate office. I got it. He's like, I need a note from your OB that you need to work remote. And he, she wrote me one instantly. Yeah. And um, she's like, no doubt she needs to work home. Yeah. Because I'm like, my PTSD is like through the roof. 100%. And, and the corporate office denied it. They're like, we don't do remote. I'm like, I oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. Yes. That's I was like, Inter- I was like, I worked through a pandemic for you. I was one of five. I was like, they made us be security guards, like all this weird stuff because there was five of us. I was like, and I lost my daughter to COVID. I probably got here through these tours. And like, and then you won't, you deny it after they came up with this whole plan. And my boss was like, we can't lose her. She sells she sells the wet like the weddings were the only thing that were really happening at that point mm-hmm. because um, corporate wasn't coming back with events. So I was like their breadwinner. He's like, we can't lose her. Finally, they agreed to keep me. They um, decreased my pay and said it was because I'm not driving to work. I was like, this is ridiculous, but I didn't fight it. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't know I got paid to drive to work. I, I got paid for my skilled level, mm-hmm. but, but I was like, whatever. I just, they decreased me to 30 hours. The people at um, work were going to do the tours for me. I got to go. I worked one week in the office. And then when I was six weeks, I went straight to a task force remote. I signed mm-hmm. a new contract with them to work through October 31st. And I was home and I didn't go anywhere but doctor's appointments because mm-hmm. my PTSD and fear of COVID was 100%. Through the roof. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. Exactly. We did curbside groceries. Like I didn't see anyone. Yeah. Anyone. I yeah. didn't see anyone. And, and the people that understood and, and I lost some friends because I didn't see them. But I was like, you know what? This is pregnancy is more important than someone that doesn't understand. Yeah. So how could someone then, not understand that? I don't know. So I, I just under- I don't get I don't it. understand how they couldn't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. And I just literally, my husband and I hold up in our house. You know, I went on walks. I would stay away from people. I would just, I concentrated on my pregnancy. I concentrated, I, I booked um, so many weddings for them from home. I would do Zooms with them. And like, I just was, you know, killing it with my job. And I just was, you know, I each appointment was so hard for me. Like mm-hmm. when we went to, to the heartbeat t- appointment, I was so nervous. And his heartbeat was only at 123. And I was comparing it to my daughter that was 146. And I remember texting McClare. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this bad? Is this bad? I'm like, is this low? And she's like, no, Isaac was the same. He was the mm-hmm. same. You got this. Mm-hmm. She like pumped me up. She's like, he was, he was the same. Yeah. Um, he was, a, he was a, her son. She called him because he wasn't named yet. Right. <laughs> we didn't know his name yet. He wasn't born yet. But I remember her telling me like, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just, but I was freaked out because it was so much lower in my, my RE, you know how he is. He's like, yeah, it's okay. We'll come back in two weeks. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. And then I went back and it was like in the 160s and he was strong and he looked great. And I went to my OB office and I was so happy to be back there. And I was like, thank you. Goodbye clinic. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh I'm gosh. finally saying goodbye. And, yes. Um, she knew she sat with me for a while. Um, my first appointment and there was 
I remember there was another girl and I was like, just crying about the COVID and like my PTSD. And she's like, she's like, I get it. She's like, we're seeing it more and more. She's like, I will see you as often as you need to. She's like, I get it. I, as often as you need to, we don't need to do Dopplers. We can do ultrasounds like, you know, as often as you can. That's awesome. We're here for you. She goes, you know where I work. She has three offices. You know what days I'm where. (laughs) She's like, you, you just walk in here whenever you need to. Yeah. It was such a huge support. And I, um, really great. It was really great. And like, she saw me every two weeks, ultrasounds and it was great. And then I, um, got to that 23 week gestation, um, period that I lost, you know, my daughter at, and I yeah. had major, major issues that I'm week. Sure. My brain just went berserk. And yeah. anytime, like if my husband sniffled, I would think he had COVID. Like, it, even though we never really went anywhere, I just, it was just hard. I just, everything, you know, like, Oh, did you get too close to the person putting the groceries in the car? Like I just was going crazy yeah, because of my loss. And, you know, my son complete sense was kicking away. He was fine. And then one morning he just wasn't, he might've been sleeping. I just, it was the same week of like the same gestation week. I went into LED and I was a wreck and I went to the same hospital that I lost my daughter and they put me in the same room that I lost her. And I was like, Oh my God, am I going through this again? I just couldn't. I was like, why do they freaking put me in the same room? And my husband's like, they don't know. And uh, like they, and then they weren't going to do an ultrasound because I wasn't 24 weeks. And then I was like, I lost my daughter. It's the same gestation. And then the nurse was like, she told her, like, she needs an ultrasound. You need to give her. And they they gave me one and he was fine. And then I started feeling kicked throughout the day. It was just like all mental. Yeah. It was all mental. And that was my last, um, the next week was my last week at work. And I was like, I, I need to just concentrate on this pregnancy and not be working. And I got through that week and we decided to go on a little trip up to a, like a um, place by the lake. And I don't know if it was the best decision, you know, for us, because I was still so worried about COVID and we had to eat in a restaurant around people. And I was like, I was just so distracted and we had, it was like a small little um, place on the lake. So the room was like really tiny and like we'd go to an apple orchard, but the whole time I was so freaked out. And when yes, I, back, I, I was been so too. freaked out, I was just freaked out mm-hmm. and then are I you had testing good... like COVID testing no because I'm freaked out over testing right <laughs> like those that makes sense a pregnancy test so I'm like no I know they're so similar so, but I just each day I just felt fine I, I like we got through the weekend and that's when it was like Delta got was getting better like it was getting like less people had it so we weren't at the you know at a time that not as many people were getting COVID but then you know it got worse again with Omicron but um I went into my 24 week that glucose test and I puked and fainted after the test. It was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything was just PTSD with me. I was just like, oh my God. You went through like, trauma. Trauma. And um at the week of Thanksgiving, I had spotting again. And I have no idea why. So I went into um I walked right into my doctor's office. She wasn't at that one and they did everything and there was no reason for it. Literally no reason for it. They just like, you know, they just didn't know Mm -hmm. um, what it was. And then I never had it again. And Omicron hit and I was just like, I didn't, like, I wasn't going anywhere anyways. I just was like, it really freaked me out even going to a doctor's office um, Mm -hmm. in December and January with how Omicron numbers were. And I was in um, an IVF group on Facebook and I was seeing women get COVID left and right. And sometimes I'd have to just mute the group I just couldn't yeah. see it. And I yeah. told my story and some, some women are like really great with it. And some women were like, well, I was fine. 
and I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't, my baby wasn't, it was, Mm -hmm. I just went through so much PTSD and my OB decided to, I was due February 26th. She decided to induce me at 38 weeks because my blood pressure kept going up at every visit. Cause I was just so much anxiety. And, um, he was born on February 12th. My little boy, Brody, Robert, he's just like Brody. the love of my life. Yes. Brody. So Brody is here. He's here. He's, he's healthy. Born. He's healthy. He's a strong little boy. And he's oh. just, it's still hard though. Like he's just like the love of our lives. But, um, every time I see him go through a milestone, I still think of my daughter Of course. <laughs> and what we didn't get to experience with her. So it's like a lifetime grief, you know, roller coaster of what we went through, but I'm also so blessed and glad that I have him here with us as well, because he's such a blessing and he's such a happy little baby and he's so good. And he's, um, he's four months old and he, he's just, just such a love. And, you know, I remember after I got home and I took a shower, just like I took a shower after I got home having, losing Emily. And I was like, I did it. I was like, I finally gave birth to a live baby. And I was like, I did it. And I was like crying. I was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. And I was like, I couldn't believe I finally was holding a baby in my arms after everything we went through, all our losses and the journey. And we got through COVID and I'm so happy that babies now, um, when they're six months, got approved to have vaccines because it's still worry with us, with him even being little and everything like that. It's just Mm -hmm. always that, that word is always going to be a trigger, but we're so blessed. He's such a little, he's such a joy in our lives. everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Jamie for coming to me with her story. You're such a badass. You're so brave after everything you went through. And Brody is so adorable. And Emily, we honor by telling the story and by sharing the story. So thank you again to Jamie. Thanks again to Mae Claire for sending her my way. Thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you guys next time.